Welcome to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast. The tips, tools and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. This week we are going to talk about a question that I actually got from a podcast listener and It's a question that I really wasn't sure. I guess I'm still not sure how much I can help with, but I figured that I would give it a shot because as she said, very truthfully, there's not a lot of information out there. So what we're going to talk about is women who actually have a fear of pregnancy, of being pregnant, and uh, for many of them, that also includes a fear of childbirth. And for some women maybe a fear of childbirth, but not so much of pregnancy. So the technical term for this, or one of the technical terms, is tocophobia. That literally means the fear of childbirth. And then parturophobia means fear of pregnancy. And that comes from, the first is based in the Greek, tocophobia, and then parturophobia is from the Latin. Parturant is a word that's uh, medical lingo for in pregnancy. So those are the technical terms and both of them end with phobia, which is one of the reasons why I felt a little bit hesitant about this episode because we're talking about a phobia. It's not necessarily something that I feel like I'm qualified to help with because if it's a phobia, phobias are by definition kind of an irrational fear. And so I guess I asked myself, well, what can I contribute if it's totally irrational, but at the same time, when I help my birthing class students, and even as I look back on my own pregnancies, some of the fears that they have feel irrational. Some of the fears that I have felt irrational. So in my sixth and seventh pregnancy, in my last two pregnancies, I had concerns about premature birth, and those fears were were pretty irrational because I had never had a premature birth There were no signs whatsoever that I needed to worry about a preemie. Physically, I was doing great. The baby was doing great. There was just nothing whatsoever. What had happened is in my pregnancy with Corwin, actually just before my pregnancy with Corwin, which was my sixth pregnancy, I had a friend lose a baby at 24 weeks. And so around that point in both of my last pregnancies, that that really reared up and and was just on my mind and my heart hurt for her all anew and there was this level of fear so when I was thinking about that and like I said the experiences of many of my students and some of their fears which feel really irrational I thought well I can give it a try I don't know if it will be helpful but I can give it a try and so I guess that's what I want to offer here is that I'm offering my thoughts not as a professional, certainly not as a mental health professional, but as somebody who's been through seven pregnancies um, and seven births and somebody who's helped hundreds of thousands of women at this point over the past decade and, uh, and actually being able to walk with women now as a student midwife, which is lots of fun. So um, anyways, just it's... I'm at a place where I feel like I might be able to give some perspective that might perhaps even be more helpful than um, than a mental health professional, though I do think, and I'll talk about this more, if you've got something like this going on, seeking out a mental health professional is probably one of my top recommendations, but 
it's good, I think, to have the input of a birth worker too. So let's jump in. So again, we talked about this is, it's just a, not just, not to minimize, but it is a fear of pregnancy. The fear of being pregnant for many of the women, it's especially centers around the baby. So fear around feeling this person inside of my body. There, and for some women, it's more about childbirth, like fear of childbirth. And we have both primary and secondary. So um, the primary tocophobia or parturophobia is it has happened before the woman has any experience with pregnancy or birth. From what I have found in my research is it tends to mostly happen in adolescence, either in pre-adolescence, like just before adolescence or in adolescence itself is when this primary fear begins to develop. Secondary means that it happens after the woman has had an experience with pregnancy or birth, and it's often a response to a horrible birth experience or a horrible pregnancy experience. Um, Kind of like a post-traumatic stress response, really. So what are the, you know, what are the causes? Especially, I think most of us can say, well, I, I can understand that especially when when we look at some of the experiences that women have. We could understand the secondary development. But what are the causes, perhaps, of primary development of this fear of of pregnancy? One of the things is graphic birth scenes. So I I read through a series of interviews, and one of the interviewees said that she had watched a scene from Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and... It had just been like, I guess, this horribly painful scene and she had asked, I think it was her grandma she was with, asked her grandma, is that what it's really like? And um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about these things in a minute. We'll come back to them each. And so graphic birth scenes that you might see, Hollywood birth scenes, stories from others, so stories from mothers, grandmothers, aunts, um, those can be big a big thing that that causes it for a lot of women. Another thing is dislike of hospitals and doctors. I can totally understand this one because I had the same strong dislike, but my um, solution to that was very different than from developing an aversion of pregnancy, maybe because I love babies, but my solution was to never give birth in a hospital or with a doctor. But... I could see where that can really cause problems for women because the assumption today is that birth is a medical event. It's not. And we'll, again, come back to that. Um, But that's an assumption. Another cause can be sexual abuse. And I think that all of us can understand that, um, that sexual abuse and that feeling that your body is being taken from you, that another person has control of you. And I'm sorry, ladies, if that's triggering for any of you. But I think we can all understand how that could play into things. And I know that when um, that when we're walking with women who are abuse survivors, uh, just the whole pregnancy and birth experience can be a lot harder for them. And in fact, that's probably a topic that I should talk about more in depth in a podcast because that would probably be helpful to the women who are listening to this for fear of pregnancy and also for those of you who are abuse survivors because it is a challenging situation that really deserves its own um, discussion. 
Okay, so those are some causes, and certainly there are more causes. There are as many individual and unique women um, as there are who struggle with this. Each one probably has something slightly different going on. But let's talk now about some thoughts on that I had when I when I was reading and when I was researching. What were some thoughts that came up? So the first thought that I had was to seek out a good mental health professional, a good counselor. If it matters to you uh, to be able to come at things from kind of a spiritual perspective, then I would search for a pastoral counselor because that might be a helpful facet in there that you want to cover. But overall, look for a good counselor. And just like I think that a woman should shop for a good midwife or OBGYN if one so desires that, I think that it's important to shop for a good counselor, for one who knows their stuff. I would probably seek a relatively experienced counselor for an issue like this. Obviously, if you could seek somebody who has particular strengths in working with women, so somebody who has strengths with working with postpartum depression or something, she's probably, and I say she making an assumption, it could be a male counselor, but she is probably going to be able to help you because she's dealing with women who are in the same life spectrum that you are, um, even if their situations are different. And I would also look for one who has not necessarily just graduated a year or two ago because, honestly, this is... This is something that really, until I was approached about it, I had never really thought about. And I've been working in the pregnancy and birth space for over a decade now. So this is something that isn't really common. Or if it is common, it's not something that's really talked about. So it's, you know, it's something that you want somebody who's experienced and who has skills, maybe if not specifically with this, in other areas that she'll be able to bring to this. The next thing that I would really recommend is honestly a good midwife. I feel like if, I mean, I feel like there is a good argument to be made for having a backup obstetrician and perhaps even a maternal fetal medicine specialist or a perinatologist if you're in a situation like this because just because we're talking about an emotional and mental health component, there is a level of risk to the pregnancy and especially if you are going to need to consider antidepressants or some other kind of medication throughout the pregnancy I would just really want a specialist on board in that situation at least for consultation but the reason why I say a good midwife um, is because I feel like what you're dealing with while it might be a very genuine condition um is very mental, very emotional, perhaps some might say um, even has like a spiritual component, not in like a religious way, but because it's dealing, it's, this to me goes well beyond physical um, because it's just something about the fabric of you as a person and how you as a person, your space, your boundaries, your limits and everything feel impacted. So this is, this is not just a physical thing, even though it might be like the thought of a baby physically living within me is, you know, it, it causes revulsion. Um, but the root of that is not the physical kicking of the baby. Um, it's 
It's how do you respond to that? And I'm not saying that your response to that is right or wrong. And in fact, responses that women often feel when they're in this situation is they feel that disgust or that revulsion. They feel fear or terror um, of like being in a situation that they can't escape from or they feel anxiety. And first, I will tell you that I don't know about the disgust or the revulsion, um, though certainly some parts of pregnancy can be like, ugh. But the fear and anxiety, the feeling that, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? I can't get myself out of that. Those are all very normal feelings. So this is just like those feelings magnified to a huge level. But again, we're talking about a lot that's going on in, in a person level, like a human level, not necessarily just a physical, mechanical level. And midwives are really the ones who view pregnancy and birth in such a way. To a doctor, pregnancy and birth are relatively mechanical processes, and they may occasionally have to reassure a worried or anxious or hysterical mother-to-be. But on the whole, pregnancy all occurs in a very, very physical way. Um, and a lot of times it's like, okay, we pee, or you pee, we weigh, we listen to the baby, and you're on your way, and that's it, you know? There's just nothing more than being herded through an obstetrician's office like cattle, and to me, that thought, that mental picture, which is a true, oh my gosh, it's a true mental picture because I've seen it happen in, in real life, OB's offices, is like herding pregnant women through like cattle, well, that's revolting for sure. That is revolting, and I guess, but what I want to convey to you is maybe that um, that that's not normal. That's not what pregnancy care should look like. That's not what a relationship with a care provider looks like. And again, I guess this is where I feel like I don't know if I can help with this because my opinion pretty much goes to what what is pregnancy and birth in this culture in modern culture what is pregnancy and birth what is um i think it was robbie davis floyd who wrote the book uh, birth and american rite of passage and actually that might be a good book for you ladies to read so i'm gonna just type it type it so i remember to add it in there um in the show notes But, you know, when we look at this American rite of passage, what is it? What does it look like? And when I think about the standard experience, it is pretty scary. It is pretty anxiety-provoking. It is pretty revolting. It is pretty disempowering. Whatever word you want to look at. I think that most women see it as run-of-the-mill. It may be demeaning to them, or it might bother them on some level. But to most, it is the way that it is, and they don't get beyond that. Some women say, I don't want that. I'm going to opt out of that system by not having children. Some say I'm going to opt out of that system by choosing a less mainstream system, perhaps. Um, But others, you know, I could see where it could develop into a phobia. So really... I think a good midwife, good prenatal care, real, holistic, 
prenatal care. And you have to be careful because you can't just pick any midwife and expect to get this. I mean, if you, I, I love my sister midwives, but if you go to any old, say, OB practice in your city and pick one of the midwives, she's probably still going to be practicing within rigidly defined protocols for the hospital where she's going to be attending you at, for the practice that she is working with, for the licensure and etc. And that might be okay with you, but if you're looking for a situation that's totally outside of the mainstream, that does not resemble mainstream pregnancy care, then you have to find a provider who's willing to provide that. So you need to find somebody who's willing to walk with you where you are, who's willing to help you tackle this, and I also believe um, who's willing to help you redefine. Because what creates your definition of the experience of pregnancy and birth? Birth is not Hollywood, okay? Childbirth is not Hollywood. Pregnancy is not Hollywood. Pregnancy is not People magazine. That's not pregnancy. That's not birth. It just, oh my gosh, it almost makes me angry enough to cry. To think of all the little girls who are growing up watching scenes like that. And I won't say that I think that birth is always pretty. And there are going to be some women who holler. They call that, you know, that primal baby having cry. But I fundamentally believe that most women could give birth with dignity, with peace, with strength, if our culture allowed them to. See, our culture wants women to be afraid of everything, but our culture wants women to be afraid of birth because and, and, and pregnancy. Do you want to know why? And I know I haven't really talked about baby yet. But it's because to be able to create life is a superpower. To be able to create life, to nurture life, to grow life, to issue forth life is incredible. And anything like that is terrifying to people looking in from the outside. And I'm like, I'm, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not a feminist. I'm not like a patriarchy, matriarchy kind of person. But I think that there's some of this going on. That when we look at women and we realize how freaking powerful they are, we want them to be scared of that power. And when I say we, I mean like as a culture on the whole, not me personally for sure. But you want women to fear. You want women to doubt. You want women to look at this process and say, oh my goodness, that's horrible. That's terrible. That's unpredictable. That's dangerous. That's scary. That's gross. Don't, 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 don't. No, 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 no. Take me far away from it. Because when she realizes that she can be on top of that, she realizes that she can be on top of the world. And I'm one who really kind of believes in a, you know, I believe in a nice family. I believe in a mom and a dad as a team. Um, I certainly do not believe in sitcom stupid dads. I think that that is the most degrading and heinous thing that we do to our sons is to have these movies and sitcoms that have these idiotic freaking morons for men and our sons grow up watching that. That's disgusting too. Uh, so I believe that a family 
benefits from having both a man and a woman in it. I know sometimes they don't always have that. If y'all listened to my episode a couple weeks ago, I was a single mom for a while. Um, but, you know, I, I really think, you know, so I, I guess I'm saying that to say that I believe that, that we need men and women and that men certainly bring something to the table. I'm no anti-man. But I believe that we need powerful women. I believe that husbands need powerful wives, not to dominate, but to complement. And I can't understand why anybody would be scared of a woman who feels her power. But I know that people are. So we want women to be scared. We want them to be terrified. And so those are the messages that we send. And again, I will say it, birth is not Hollywood. I'm even angry when I read books because the birth scenes... I've seriously considered becoming a fiction author just so that I can, you know, seed books out there that have fabulous birth scenes in them. You know? Seriously. So when we look at, you know, when we look at this, it's just, you know, it's like there is an agenda to make us terrified of birth. But that is not the reality. The reality is, is that pregnancy and birth are incredible. They show an incredible amount of power from your body. It, 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 it's not like an abuse situation where your body and your power are being stripped from you. It's a situation where you are coming into your power, where you are co-creating with God, with the universe, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I believe it's with God. But, you know, that's, I mean, stunning. That's, I've said it like 15 times probably in the last 30 seconds, but that's freaking powerful. It's amazing, okay? It's amazing. And I don't want to beat that too hard, but really, I think that's a key. You see those images, and you grew up with those beliefs being seeded into your subconscious because there was an agenda that wanted that there. And I believe that it's important to break free, and especially if you want a child. Find somebody who will walk with you and help you break free. Even if you can't find somebody local. Like, maybe you can find somebody who you can Skype with. I mean, I'm I'm working on, like, a a childbirth consultant program where I can kind of, like, Skype with women who want more one-on-one interaction. I don't know. Maybe I'll have it by the time this podcast episode goes up. So if that's the case, go to birthbabylife.com slash consultant. I'll put it there. But um, anyways, you know, find somebody like that who can who can walk through with you. I think having somebody in person, like in the flesh, helping you Walking with you is important, but I mean, even get that, even get that remotely if you have to, but yeah, you find somebody like that. Okay. And I don't want to get, I don't want to get too off because I had a few more points. So one of the things too, I think for a lot of women in my research is that they're, they feel like the baby is a parasite, right? They're scared because there's this creature in their body and they, you know, they can't do anything about it. They can never like put the baby aside um, and, you know, have the baby in like an artificial womb or something and, and take a break. And it can be definitely, pregnancy can be like that. You can feel like I don't get a break. And there can be times when things are going on that, um, you know, that you feel like you don't get a break from. But firstly, there are so many things that you can do practically 
uh, to help with the discomforts of pregnancy, even in the preconception period, to, to help with those kind of issues, like, for instance, with nausea and stuff like that. You can do so much, like, in the, in the preconception period. And I've got mountains of podcasts on those sorts of things. But another thing that I think is really important to realize is that scientists shows that the baby is not a parasite. Science shows the baby is not a parasite. Science shows that baby does much more than just be a parasite. I mean, women have in their bodies throughout the rest of their entire lives, they have evidence of their babies. And the babies are, that evidence that's left over makes mothers healthier. It improves memory. It increases longevity. There's, there have been cases where a mom had something going on, like something wrong in her heart and in her brain. And when she was pregnant, the baby actually sent things that helped heal the mother. That's incredible. <laughs> and we're just like on the, tip, the very tip of the iceberg in understanding all of that. So a baby is not a parasite. I guess you would say that the baby is more symbiotic. And really, when you get right down to it, you already have an involuntary symbiotic relationship going on in your body because you have gut bacteria. You don't get to decide that you can just kick those dudes out. They're down there. You know, they're down there. And in fact, you may even be taking probiotic supplements voluntarily putting them in. Now, I understand that they don't kick or... In general, they don't cause you to get bigger, but sometimes maybe you get a little bit of bloating due to them. But, I mean, they don't cause your uterus to grow, and you don't have to give birth to them. So the analogy does fall short. But you already have a symbiotic relationship with other living beings. A baby is a symbiotic relationship. Now, obviously, I think that the, it's tilted. The mom does a whole lot. But science is showing every year more and more and more that your baby or babies give to you. So that's, that's an alternate way to think about it. Now again, pregnancy does create changes in your body, but as an intelligent and informed woman, you can support those changes so that they don't tax your body. In fact, can possibly increase your health and vitality in the long run. For example, if you take any class by me, if you take the great pregnancy class that I'm teaching live right now, if you take my mama baby birthing classes, which you take at your own pace, but you get a live Q&A call every week, you know, if you listen to pretty much any live class that I teach, one of the things that I talk about is blood volume expansion in pregnancy because your blood volume increases by about 60%. Well, the nutrition that you get during your pregnancy supports that blood volume expansion, and the blood volume expansion in turn supports everything going on with your body from that point everything everything it supports the respiratory changes obviously the cardiovascular changes helps support the hormonal changes the uh, digestive system changes the urinary system changes everything your body is fundamentally impacted by pregnancy but you can nourish it so that it can handle it and again there is this i guess this incredible and innate wisdom in your body to be able to do that it's just for me it's it's awe-inspiring. It really is awe-inspiring. And I don't know. See, I guess this is where it comes down to way, way more point of view. So this may or may not be helpful to you. But a lot of women feel like, you know, I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to lose my life uh, to this baby, to this process. And there are many different levels to that. 
Um, And this debate can go even way beyond just, am I fearful of pregnancy? Because obviously we're like touching on things like abortion and stuff too. But when when I look at myself now, and I look at my children, and I think, you know, I, I got pregnant with Cassidy when I was in my first year of college. I was, I was 18 years old, just to actually just turned 19 years old. I probably conceived her either right before or right after my birthday. So, I mean, that wasn't a good place. And that was like the first thing the doctor asked me was, do you want to terminate? That was a choice that I was faced with. Very, very, very clear and presently right then. And when I look back, and I, I don't think that having children and parenting is the only thing in life. But would I be the woman that I am today if I had chosen to walk away from that pregnancy? I would not. Now you might say, well, obviously, Kristen, because your entire life now revolves around pregnancy and birth. And that, I mean, there's definitely truth to that. That's a valid argument. But many women have found that having a child, being pregnant, giving birth, revolutionizes their life. I'm not saying that's true for every woman, and I'm not saying that a woman who's unable to have children or chooses to not to have children doesn't have uh, a rich life for whatever reason. But did having that baby cause me to lose my life or lose myself? No. She caused me to find my life, to find myself. All of my children have taught me so much, have made me a much better person. Not perfect, as I'm sure they'll tell you. But all of my children have made me into a better person. And I would say that even the experience of being pregnant with them has made me into a better person. Again, I'm not saying that you can't be an incredible and fabulous woman if you haven't given birth, because I think that all women are incredible, fabulous, have something to offer. And I'm not saying that women are all of a sudden wonderful because they've given birth, because all of us know there's some women out there who are just... Mm-mm. So, but what I'm saying is that when we think about it, does pregnancy cause me to lose my life? You know, the whole bearing a child. No, no. And then when you think about like the physical process of pregnancy, I calculated it out because I was writing something the other day. And I calculated out because I've been pregnant seven times for nine months each time. For nine months and a little bit longer with Cassidy. And I, I calculated it out to like I've been pregnant for like five years of my life. It was something like five and a quarter years of my life. That's a, that's a relatively lot of years, y'all. Do I feel like I was trapped or imprisoned during those times? No. Were there times when I felt uncomfortable? Yes. And my fifth pregnancy with honor, especially the entire first half of the pregnancy, I seriously struggled with depression. I did not really want to be pregnant at that time. It was very challenging for me. I had a lot of guilty feelings at that time. And at that time, I was running a pregnancy and birth website. You know, it's kind of in the limelight, that kind of thing. It's horrible guilty feelings. Uh, But... Overall, I think that experience was a good experience. (laughs) I learned a lot about myself, some that I didn't want to know, some that I did. I learned that I could overcome. I learned that I could fall in love with somebody that I didn't think that I could. I learned that that person whom I resented was really 
one of the best gifts I've ever been given. And I share that very bluntly and very frankly in case it might help somebody else. Because I've, I've been there in a sense where I felt trapped. There was, there was this person growing in me and I, I couldn't do anything about it. That person was there. That person was coming. But ultimately, I just, I can't imagine the blessings that I would have missed out on. Even her birth, and again, I had a wonderful midwife who was willing to get on the phone with me and talk to me and mostly to listen to me, and I, I'm really grateful for her. But again, you know, the, there was all these feelings, all these dark, dark feelings Things that I don't like to think about now, that I don't like to think about my daughter ever hearing about. But I lived through that, and I am a much better person for it. I lived through that, and I was given the most incredible little bundle of light. And... That particular child is still a bundle of light and joy and smiles. I cannot believe with how hard that pregnancy was for me. That little person can have such a bright smile and such a perpetually happy outlook. It's just, it's a miracle to me. And it was a very humbling experience for me. But it's an experience that I share in case it helps you. So... Otherwise, and I have to say, otherwise, I found that my pregnancies were really enjoyable. Again, I felt that they were super empowering. Um, Hormonal levels in pregnancy skyrocket, which a lot of people use to say, oh my gosh, pregnant women, they're over the top. They're ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you, I I just, I mean, those hormones, they, they get you riding high. They spark your creative juices. Maybe not so much in the first trimester when you're tired, but hey. You deserve a couple of extra naps, okay? But I mean, then it's just like there's this creative energy and this, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. And even when it's rough, even when it's tough, you know, it's worth it. Birthing, I guess, I just, I have this fundamental and deep-seated trust of birth. And I have this fundamental and deep-seated trust in your ability to birth your baby. And I say that like that very intentionally. I don't say my, I believe in my ability to birth my baby because, I mean, I do. But I fundamentally believe in your power to birth your baby. I believe that you could be like one of those bush women who goes out in the bush, quietly pushes her baby out, and then walks back with her baby. You know, powerful. I'll go back to that word powerful. I fundamentally believe in your ability to do that. I fundamentally believe in my ability to do that. I fundamentally believe in my ability to stand in my room here where I'm recording this and birth a baby. I fundamentally believe that I could sit on a hospital bed, tell the hospital staff to bugger off and birth a baby in my own power on the bed in front of them, hopefully while their mouths were hanging open. I just... Again, it comes back to this power thing. But to me, birth is a 
is an incredible manifestation of a woman's power. And maybe that's, maybe that's why some women have a fear of it. Is because they're scared of that own raw power. And what are the implications of that for me if I show that? What are the implications of that for me to myself? What would be the implications of that to society? Am I not being a good little girl anymore? Those are things you need to wrestle with. But honey, I encourage you in this, and I'll tell my daughters this too, be the bad girl. (laughs) Get up and birth your baby. And I fundamentally believe that you can do that. The pictures that you saw of birth, those aren't real. Hollywood is not true. Birth is not Hollywood. That's not the way that it has to look. In this ridiculous twilight sleep and the stuff that you see on Baby Story and Maternity Ward and whatever reality shows there are about birth nowadays that show all these women in agony hooked up to all these beeping machines looking like they should be more at home in an episode of Star Trek or something on the sci-fi channel than they should be birthing a baby. That's not not real. Sadly, it is real. But that's not what birth needs to look like. And some women, yes, do need an intervention. But do not confuse the routine messing with of birth. The routine subjection of women to to procedures and policies to be what's needed to have a baby. And yeah, when a baby comes, I mean, there's a little bit of mess, you know. But I've been attending births now for several months. And so we go to births at homes, and there's never really been a lot to clean up. I mean, there's been a little to clean up here and there, but you do that little bit of initial cleanup, clean the baby off, hand the baby to the mom, you have a sweet pink newborn. The biggest thing you got to worry about then is pee and poo. And if that's the issue, we have to devote another episode to that. But then, you know, there's some bleeding, but it's like a period. And you've probably been handling periods for a few years now. So again, I don't say any of this to, I don't want to be insensitive. But I want to be matter of fact. This is not a slasher film, honey. This is birthing a new person. This is bringing a new soul into the world. This is an empower, a powerful, incredible experience. And when it's not messed with, think about it. I mean, maybe there's a marathon phobia. Maybe there's a climb the mountain phobia. Maybe there's a shatter the glass ceiling phobia. Maybe there is. But for the most part, what are we doing when that triathlete's competing? What are we doing when she's winning at Wimbledon? What are we doing when this woman's winning? What are we doing when she's conquering the corporate boardroom? We're cheering her on. We're cheering her on. We're like, you go, girl. We're not telling her freaking horror stories. Why are we doing that to our daughters? Why did somebody do that to you? We're not telling her you need to go in and get hooked up to your IV, honey, because this 72-hour stretch might kill you. It's like, baby, you got a deadline in two weeks, so you better get to the hospital. They'll nurse you through the paperwork, honey. No, we're not doing that. We're not telling that tennis player who's about to win, come on, honey, we got to hook you up to a monitor so you don't die. That's not what we're telling her. We're not telling the woman that's climbing the mountain that she needs to be strapped to a bed while she does it. Why are we telling a woman who births a baby that? 
And again, I know, I'm getting a little bit passionate here. (laughs) But it's just, again, it's incredible to me. It is incredible to me how much, how much we have twisted what birth is. See, there's a truth. Birth in the past was dangerous. Women were malnourished. We didn't know anything about hygiene. But it still fundamentally worked most of the time. And today, even though most obstetricians are too stubborn to teach it, we know how to nourish a pregnant woman so that she is robustly healthy and grows a baby that is. We know, maybe again it's the tip of the iceberg, but we know how the hormones in labor and birth work to protect a woman from bleeding too much. We know that the process of birth is a complex symphony and that when you have a well-nourished woman who is ready for it, she is generally safe. And we know that if you leave that alone, she will probably be okay. And if she's the tiny, minuscule percentage of women who are not, well, she's had a great chance. She's grown a healthy baby. And there's an intervention there to help her if she really needs it. But we know, we know, we know. And yet still we lie. And we lie. And we lie. Where's the change going to come from? The change is going to come from when we decide we're not scared anymore. We're not going to be scared. We're not going to be intimidated. There are people finding this. And there are, some, there are some men. There are even some obstetricians who are doing this. I could name some of them. Dr. Brewer, Michelle O'Dent, many others. But mostly this has been women. So I will say that we need to stand on the shoulders of giantesses and we need to stand up. Now, there are other women who are insanely, Lord knows why, out there trying to put women back into their places. So we need to ignore those voices. We need to blacklist those websites. And we need to say, we understand that sometimes there is a time and place for intervention, but you are not going to convince me that every time and place is that. Because, honey, I ain't going to be strapped to the bed anymore. I am going to get up and do this. That's birthing. That's birthing. Birthing isn't messy. I mean, there's a little bit of blood. The waters break. But birthing isn't, a. again, it's not a slasher film. Birth is so we get this baby out and then we go about our life. And you know what? We realize while we're going about that life that we freaking rock. That's birth. I just did this. I am woman. Hear me roar. That's birth. That is birth. That is what our little girls need to hear. That is what our little girls need to be exposed to. Our little girls need to see a woman clutching her baby and laughing in euphoria. That's what they need to see. Our little girls need to see I am powerful. I can do that. It doesn't matter what anybody else has done to me throughout the rest of my life. I am going to do this. I can do this. That's incredible. That's incredible. And I know to... I had a note to talk about parenting, and I've already touched on it somewhat. But, you know, some people, it's like the whole child-free movement and whatever. And you know what? It's your life. It's your life. But I think that parenting is a great gift. And the ability to parent, the honor of being able to parent, is an amazing one. And so if there... And also, 
it's okay if you mess up. You know, so you can like totally mess up and you can say to your kid, kid, I'm sorry. And when you have a newborn, you don't have to know how to parent a teenager. You can continue to improve. So if parenting is something in there, well, you know, you can, I mean, you can do this. I believe in you. You can do this. Okay. And let me tell you again, if there is one thing that I believe from the bottom of my heart, it is that women are strong. It is that pregnancy works. It is that pregnancy is an incredible experience between two souls as well as two bodies. It is a give and a take. And there is a lot of give on the baby's part if you are open to it. And maybe that sounds a little woo-woo for you, but I'm sorry, that's where I'm coming from. It is an incredible experience. And birth is amazing. Birth is woman, is you, in your power. And that is incredible. Don't let pictures that Hollywood has manufactured, that stupid and ignorant family members have put into your head, or that they were victims of themselves. Do you want to know how you stop the victimization? You say, I'm going to break the chain. You did that to my mom. You're not doing that to me. I'm going to break the chain so that my daughter hears different stories. That's what we need to do, ladies. That's what we need to do. So again, like I said, I was hesitant when I started this podcast because I don't know how much any of this really helped. But I honestly think that this fear for a lot of women is probably rooted in what our culture desires, which is for women to continue to be scared of birth, to continue to be scared of pregnancy, to continue to be scared of that power, to continue to be scared to bring a new little soul into the world. Because when people are fearful, they can be controlled. You know what? I don't want to be controlled. And I don't want my daughters to be controlled or my daughters-in-law. I want them to be pregnant, to give birth, and power. And sometimes the physical symptoms mean, yes, it might be uncomfortable. But you know what? The rewards, the empowerment, the utter ability to believe in what you can do, create, manifest, accomplish yourself, plus the ability, you know, to see these cute little people and then these equally incredible and amazing people, that's pretty good. And that's pretty nice. So again, I think working through this with a good good counselor is really helpful. And I definitely recommend that you have a midwife, even if you choose to seek a specialist too, or have shadow care, you know, see both at the same time. Seek a midwife who's willing to walk with you or a woman, whatever she calls herself, who's willing to walk with you through this, to be with you through this, to listen to you, to hear what you say, and to help you find your way. And I encourage you, please, to believe in you. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.